Welcome to the Focus on Customer Service podcast, presented by Social Media Today, where we talk to brands you know and love who are laser-focused on using social media to deliver amazing customer experiences. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dan Gingas and Dan Moriarty. I'm very excited tonight to introduce Adrian Chance onto the podcast. Um, Adrian is the Director of Communications at Topgolf and is someone I've been trying to get onto the podcast for about six months now. How are you doing, Adrian? Great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. I'm so excited we can make this work. Me too. Thank you for having me on. So, as you know, I'm a big Top Golf fan, uh, and I'm sure many of our listeners are as well. But for anyone out there that doesn't know who Top Golf are, why don't you quickly explain what it is you guys do? Sure. So, Top Golf is an entertainment venue for all ages, all skill levels, all year round. When you go to one of our venues, you hit a microchipped golf ball that tracks the accuracy and distance of your shots, and you get instant feedback on how you're doing, just like you would in bowling. We also have a full-service restaurant, bars, live music, private event spaces, and all kinds of activities and things for people to do when they come to our venues. And we recently are taking the fun outside of our venues and getting into the digital space. And we've released the Top Golf game on a World Golf Tour app. So we're really excited to be expanding that part of the business. I don't know if this is the time I should say this, but I actually live on a golf course near the 13th tee, and I have golfed exactly twice in my life. So it sounds like I need to get myself over to Top Golf and uh, work on the skills. Absolutely. It's, it makes practice very fun, and you can definitely work on all types of skills because we have different games depending on what type of thing you want to work on, whether that's your driving, your putting, your chipping. So it's really neat practice venue i tell you adrian the one thing i don't like about top golf if i can is you like i played with my dad um, when my dad was over in in the winter and he has a horrible hook but his hook took him straight into the middle of a hole every single time and so even <laughs> even though i was hitting it further and straighter his score was absolutely destroying me <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you can uh, register my complaint, but if there's a way to reward better hit shots somehow, that would be quite nice. That's the beauty of Top Golf. You definitely don't have to be a good golfer to be good at Top Golf. That's probably why I enjoy it so much. <laughs> uh, maybe you need to try a different game. <laughs> right, that might be the problem. My dad still hasn't let me uh, hear the end of the fact that he beat me, and this was on. I think New Year's Day we were out there somewhere. It was lovely. <laughs> Well, see, we non-golfers need a confidence builder. It sounds like this is it. Exactly. It, it definitely is. <laughs> yeah. So, Adrian, why don't, obviously, you know the, the focus of the podcast is all about you know, social customer care and kind of how brands are, are bringing that to life uh, for, their, for their customers. The one thing that's really interesting in my experience with you guys is, obviously, you do a, you do a great job um, with all of the social customer service stuff. But you've also made your whole experience really social. To put an example on that, last time I was there, the DJ was asking us to tweet out the songs that we wanted to hear while we were golfing so that he could play them. Why don't you talk a little bit about the program that you guys have set up and both the kind of reactive stuff, but also the proactive stuff that you guys are doing to get people engaging with you and and helping improve their experience through social yeah, so I mean, the, we're very lucky that our brand has such a natively social experience and element to it. 
unlike a lot of other businesses, when people come to Top Golf, they naturally want to take pictures and videos of their swings, of their friends and family swings. They like to share, you know, images of our food and drinks and just the outfield, the scenery. It's it's very photogenic. And so we see a lot of social media activity without our even having to push for that, which is a really great position to be in for us. So we've thought over the years of how can we really leverage that you know interest and also expand on it and engage with our fans even further. So we've added a lot of elements to the experience that inspire that social media connection. And so we have things like we have a social wall at all of our venues where guests can tweet to Top Golf and see their social media posts on a giant TV screen. We see lots of people watching the wall and taking pictures next to it and it's it's a really neat activation that we've done through Spreadfast. We also have um added a lot of at our events we do oversized picture frames with the hashtag that is meant for that event and so people will take pictures and then share that picture and use that hashtag as another example every outreach event that we go to in the community has a social element tied to it we're inviting people to like or engage with us on social media in order to get swag or you know to potentially enter to win a contest of some sort We also do a lot of activations at the venue if we're on a wait. We call them our Minute to Win It contest. So one example is we invited our guests to act like sea creatures, and uh, we were videotaping it, and the funniest impersonation of a sea creature would get to skip the line. And we shared that video on social, and of course that person who won shared that video because it was so hilarious. And uh, it got a lot of great engagement for us, and it just, you know, a lot of our focus is how can we merge the online and offline audiences and really create something engaging for people. In terms of the reactive type of social media activity that we do, you know, we're constantly responding to guest questions, whether that's, you know, how long's the wait, are you hiring, all of those types of questions. And then we also are are searching through our social listening platform for people who are talking about Top Golf, but they're not necessarily tagging us. And we try to engage with them on a local level from one of our venue accounts. Top Golf is actually we have a decentralized marketing model, so each of our venues has their own social media accounts in addition to our overall corporate channels. And this is so we can create truly localized content and respond to questions very quickly on a local level so that we're getting things to the right person very fast. So I like to think that we're very responsive to our guests in a, in a meaningful way on that local level. So tell us a little bit more about the channels that you're using and are there any particular channels that are working better for you or that you receive more service inquiries at? You know, a lot of our focus this year and actually the past two years has been on Twitter, but we recently did a survey of our guests to find out what their brand recall rate was of where they've seen us on social media and Whether or not it was true, I think 60% of 
our guests who had visited in the last 12 months recalled seeing something from Top Golf on Facebook. And I think it was another 50% recalled seeing something on Instagram. So I thought that was really interesting that the channel that we thought was, you know, the most active and the most popular actually wasn't necessarily the one that people remembered the most. But we're also seeing a lot of engagement right now with our Snapchat filters. We haven't actually created a Snapchat account for Topgolf, but we've been experimenting with using geo filters for different events. And the amount of engagement and the cost per use of those is absolutely remarkable. We recently used one filter. It was just a few hours and, you know, it received, I think, over half a million views and, you know, several thousand engagements with that. So I think we're going to be exploring that as a potential channel to be adding here soon. But Primarily, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We have a corporate LinkedIn and YouTube page, but um, all of the venues have their own Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts. I kind of wanted to dive into the the setup a little bit more there because I know when I've gone to the ones in Chicago, they seem to share a social presence of Top Golf Chicago, right? And then you have, sorry, go on. Oh, yeah. So that's a good point. So each of our venues have their own Facebook page so that they can check in. So Naperville has a Facebook page and Wooddale has a Facebook page. That way, no matter what venue you're at, you can check into that venue. But we started consolidating the accounts to regions instead of just venues because we were finding that even though someone might you know, work in Wooddale, they might actually live in Naperville. And so in order to just consolidate the amount of content and the questions and, and serve people a little bit better, we consolidated the regional accounts. So Atlanta, we have two venues there, but they share a Twitter and Instagram. They each have their own Facebook. Same thing in Houston and so on. So, so how does that work operationally? Like who, who's sitting, but is it one person that sits behind all of those accounts in the Top Golf headquarters or is there responsibility on the individual top golf locations to respond? Yeah, so it's a shared responsibility in terms of any content for a national marketing campaign or a company announcement that would come from the home office. But in terms of just day-to-day responses and localized content, it's a shared responsibility with a marketing manager at each of our venues. So there are two marketing managers in the Chicago area, one at Naperville and one at Wooddale, and they share the responsibility for the account, and it's up to them how they want to divvy up that responsibility. We have some marketing managers who, you know, hey, I'll do everything on Twitter, you do everything on Instagram, or let's switch weeks, or, you know, we're going to share a bookmark and just you pick up where I left off based on the time of day. So each of the markets divvies that up based on what's comfortable for them, but it is a shared responsibility. So, so what happens if someone just tweets about just had the best time at Top Golf? Who would jump in on that? Because there's, there's no clear location stated. How, how do you guys manage that, the ambiguity that can sometimes arise from a location business? We definitely have left it open to anyone who sees it first can jump in on that conversation. We've asked our marketing managers, hey, make sure you look that no one else has already responded to that. Try to check out that person's profile to see if there's any clue as to where they might live or where they might be. That way the most relevant location can respond. And sometimes when we really don't know or if nobody has gotten to it yet, our corporate Topgolf account will jump on that. 
And, and so these employees that you're talking about when you're calling a marketing manager, are they handling both marketing and service? Social media is just one part of that person's role. So they are focused on, you know, outreach in the community, events at Top Golf and planning programming and that kind of thing. And they're also they're handling social care as well as creating local content for social media. So do you have to give them any specific training or any direction on, on how to respond specifically? Because obviously a lot of a lot of marketing folk are very good at the kind of mass broadcast, the creative side of it. But the more service side aspect of if someone tweets, as I said, about a wait time or something like that, it's the marketing managers that are picking up on that, finding out the wait time and responding. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so they go through extensive training. And since they can't be available 24-7 and our venues are sometimes open until 2 in the morning, they also have a team of marketing champions who might help them respond when they're not at the venue. So all of those team members go through extensive training about our brand voice, best practices. We have ongoing weekly calls about you know trends that we're seeing and how we might respond to those, what posts are performing the best or the worst. And we just are constantly, you know, monitoring the accounts and and coaching them on that. But we have empowered them to make things right for the guest. And that's actually a part of our core values as a company is that, you know, we care about our guests and we want to make sure that we do the right thing for them. And so our marketing managers have that opportunity to make those decisions based on what makes sense in the situation. I will say, looking at your feed, one of the most frequent questions is, when are you going to open up a Top Golf in my area? And I see uh, Minnesota, Louisiana, Louisville, Columbus, Ohio, even somebody who wants Boise, Idaho. So are you guys expanding? <laughs> we are going through a very rapid expansion. We announced earlier this year that we have a broad search underway in both mid-size and large cities across the United States, the United Kingdom, and Australia. So every day we are getting people sharing suggestions and asking us if there's a possibility that we might come to their city. And a lot of times we are exploring the options in a given market. And so we always tell people it's on our radar and, and we're working toward it. Hopefully we'll be able to open there in a few years. But there are some cities that are, are just too small and not necessarily going to work out. But we are opening about 10 new venues a year for the next few years. That's cool. I, I noticed a couple of them you responded, you know, that sounded a little bit more optimistic. <laughs> and a few <laughs> yeah. were like, you never know. And I was like, oh, it doesn't sound great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a, uh, you got to be careful. We don't want to, we don't want people to lose hope, but <laughs> at the same time, we have to be realistic. How do you guys judge your success in social media and if you want to talk to both the marketing and the service that's okay but you know in in the service area we often look at response time or resolution time or you know number of inquiries handled i don't know if you have a call center or not so a lot of companies look at you know kind of diverting calls what sorts of things are you looking at to measure success yeah, that's that's a tricky question on the social care side because we haven't had a great way to measure response times yet. We are measuring it on Facebook because that analytic is available. 
But part of the problem, too, is just we're open for so long during the day parts, and we're striving to provide responses within an hour, but I know that doesn't always happen right now because we don't have any dedicated resource to social media, and and we never have. Even in my role, um, social media is one part of of what I've done, but we haven't had that dedicated person to really own that. And that is changing and we'll be transitioning those responsibilities to another division. But for the time being, that's, that's been a little bit of a challenge for us. So we've really measured our success by, you know, the type of engagement that we're getting on posts. What's the average engagement per post? Also, you know, just the quality of interactions that we're having. We do a qualitative type of report where we will screenshot conversations that have been particularly meaningful. Maybe they resulted in a sale or added brand loyalty, or they were just, you know, interesting and and more meaningful types of conversations. So we share that information with our exec team. We also will measure, of course, just how fast our community is growing and what types of inquiries we're seeing. We do a marketing breakdown of what kind of posts are we talking about with our guests and also what are their incoming inquiries about. So we have labels for our posts, whether it's related to the wait time or parking or what have you and can report on that each month and hopefully help drive some business decisions if we see any issues popping up around any particular complaints and things like that. We're talking with Adrian Chance. She's the Director of Corporate Communications for Top Golf. You can find them on Twitter at Top Golf and you can find Adrian on Twitter at M S G A T O R A D R. That's Ms. Gator. I don't know what the ADR stands for. Gator for Adrian. I'm a Gator. Ah, Gator, Gator. Very good. Okay, <laughs> fantastic. And uh, and Adrian lists herself as a customer service and PR fiend and a social media nerd. So clearly a good follow on Twitter. Adrian, just want to finish up with a question we like to ask all of our guests. If you could recall a particular memorable interaction with a customer, one that kind of sticks out that you guys maybe printed out and put on the wall or sent to the CEO just because it was a really cool example or something that, that you know, you've remembered over time yeah I think one of them it actually comes from our Wooddale venue so we had a guest tweet to us and he said I'd love to come out today but I can never get a parking spot and so the marketing manager at our Wooddale venue took out a giant chalkboard and wrote his uh, Twitter handle on the chalkboard and said reserve parking for so-and-so and set it outside took a picture of it and then tweeted it back you know no other words needed and he thought that was the coolest thing ever and uh, came out to Top Golf with his friends and, you know, was just kept bragging about, wow, you know, Top Golf took this extra step to actually make me my own parking space. And it was such a, a simple and easy idea, but it really spoke to him and has helped, you know, drive that brand loyalty that we love. And so we always encourage our marketing managers to create those memorable experiences for our guests. And that's just, you know, the first one that always comes to mind for me. So you're saying next time I come, I should tweet that I can't find parking. (laughs) No, don't do that. (laughs) Uh, I remember the first time I went, your car park is so big that you actually had a and it was winter, so you had a shuttle that was driving people around the car park, which was heated. 
And I remember friends and I getting out of my car and just immediately knowing this is going to be a place that we would enjoy. Yes, we do have shuttles in our parking lots on busy nights and uh, guests love those. Oh, yeah. It was, it was the most welcome side I think I've ever seen in the car park. <laughs> That's great. Great. Well, Adrian, listen, thank you so much for joining us. This has been super interesting. As I said at the start, it's, you know, it's, been, a, it's been quite a, a long period of time. We've been trying to get you on the podcast of just making time. Our schedules overlap. Thank you so much for joining us. Keep up all of the great work you guys are doing. For, for anyone who hasn't been to Top Golf, I really recommend checking it out. It's not only a lot of fun from a just kind of entertainment perspective, it's also really interesting how they integrate the, the kind of social world with the offline world and help make your experience better through some of these social interactions that happen while you're there. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks, Dan. And to everyone who listened, thank you so much. And join us again for another episode. Thanks for listening to the Focus on Customer Service podcast presented by Social Media Today. Be sure to tweet your thoughts and nominations for other brands to be featured using hashtag FOCS and follow Dan and Dan on Twitter at DGingas and at I am Dan Moriarty. See you next time.